mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's a well-known fact that shoplifting costs everyone money. But did you know that consumers may actually be contributing to the problem without even realizing it? A closer look at organized retail theft and what's driving this growing trend. Also this morning, there's no question that expectations of employees and consumers have changed post-pandemic which means businesses need a new playbook for success, one that focuses on the values of life-centricity, we'll explain. And in our holiday gift guide this morning, cool tech ideas that anyone on your list would love to find under the tree this Christmas. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, November 28th, 2022. It is Cyber Monday. That's the the big event uh, today, Cyber Monday. It is also Turkey Leftover Day today. It is Letter Writing Day, Make Your Own Head Day. (laughs) It says here, uh, there's got to be a story behind that. I'm not sure that I want to know, but it is Make Your Own Head Day, National French Toast Day, and it is Red Planet Day today as well. So... Observances and reasons to celebrate. Did you get enough to eat over the Thanksgiving weekend? As we mentioned, it is a Turkey Leftover Day. While we are all guilty of packing on a few pounds over the holiday season, new survey shows that one in four of us, one quarter, 25% of us, uh, are still holding on to the few pounds extra we added last year. Uh, The annual writing off the end of the year poll from Herbalife Nutrition, uh, they surveyed nearly 5,000 people in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, It says uh, the annual uh, writing off the end of the year poll, nearly 4,800 people, both the U.S. and overseas, shows waiting until January 1st to start watching what you eat can literally be a weighty mistake. 53% of those in the survey say the holidays lead them to break their diet, their normal, their usual diet. Not a big surprise there. 37% specifically blame the treats of the season. Uh, Everything from pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving to the uh, yummy Christmas cookies that are uh, everywhere. In fact, the average respondent in this poll can expect to gain five and a half pounds between now and New Year, uh, between now and January 1st. And nearly half of those in the survey are putting off weight loss until the new year arrives, until 2023. It is no surprise that 55% say they want to eat healthier next year. 54% say they want to exercise more. But don't we always say that? And again, the survey finds that a quarter of us are still holding on to the extra weight that we put on last year. So... I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope uh, on that. So it's turkey leftover day today. By the way, um, Thanksgiving, obviously not the only indulgent holiday between now and the end of the year. This is the holiday season, the time to indulge. There are, however, ways to make healthier substitutions and still keep your holiday dishes delicious. Registered dietitian Courtney Carey offers some suggestions. Number one, she says, instead of using heavy cream in green bean casserole or creamed spinach, 
Use fat-free half and half. Now, I mentioned this last week. I am not a fan of green bean casserole. I realize that that is one of the staples of the Thanksgiving dinner, maybe for Christmas as well. You have that uh, on your on your Christmas uh, holiday menu. I can think of few things that would make green bean casserole worse, but using fat-free half and half <laughs> would probably be the way. There's one way to make that dish even worse. There you go. Um, she also suggests replacing the solid fat in a recipe with butter or oil to make it more heart healthy. Uh, use low fat or part skim cheese to decrease the saturated fat even further. She says eating decadent and rich food one day out of the year won't kill you, but that high concentration of saturated fat over multiple days from the leftovers can have an impact. So something to keep in mind again on this turkey leftover day. Uh, let's see what else is uh, going on as we uh, head into a new week here. Obviously, it is Christmas shopping season now. Have you started your shopping yet uh, on Black Friday or uh, over the weekend, Small Business Saturday, today, Cyber Monday? Toys and electronics among the hottest sellers as the holiday shopping season kicks into high gear. No big surprise there. Toys and electronics, always the big sellers. According to Adobe Analytics, gaming consoles, drones, Apple MacBooks, and toys like Fortnite, Roblox, and Disney Encanto are in heavy demand. Those are the uh, most in-demand items for the Christmas shopping season thus far. Consumers spent a record $9.1 billion on Black Friday online shopping. That was a crazy statistic to me. That's the Black Friday spending online, not to mention all of the money that was actually spent in stores. Um, many shoppers taking advantage of flexible payment plans as they cope with high prices and inflation. Overall, online sales... On the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, were up more than 2% compared with last year. So, it's just online sales. Again, not to mention the shopping being done at the stores. Which, uh, I was out a little bit on Black Friday. It didn't seem to be the complete madhouse of years ago. But, it did appear, and again, I think we talked about this last week, that there were more people out actually shopping in stores on Black Friday this year than in more recent years. Black Friday had kind of petered off and not been such a big deal, the complete madhouse that it once was. But I think after the pandemic, we were kind of longing for that Black Friday experience again because they haven't had it for so many years. And um, so it's almost almost as big of a tradition as Thanksgiving itself is the mad rush to the store the day after Thanksgiving. And so uh, it did seem like there were quite a few shoppers out there, not the complete madhouse that it has been in the past, but uh, there were uh, there were healthy numbers of shoppers out on uh, Black Friday. And hopefully 
Uh, you got the opportunity to shop small on uh, Small Business Saturday as well. This was kind of interesting. A recent survey of 2,000 adults um, commissioned by AT&T ahead of Small Business Saturday finds the average person shops small 213 times a year. In all, and this is you know throughout the year, 213 times. Nine out of ten people, more than nine out of ten, 93 percent of those in the survey rely on a small business for various services in their lives. Eighty eight percent know someone who is employed at a small business in their community with the average person knowing four, uh, knowing the names of four businesses. uh, Let's try that again. Uh, The average person knows four small business employees. Um, to highlight the impact of small businesses ahead of Small Business Saturday, AT&T commissioned the survey conducted by one poll finds people regularly rely on a small business for everything from a manicure, a pedicure, 54%. We'll go to a small business for that. I don't know that there are any big manicure, many petty chains, right? So they're all small businesses, aren't they? Uh, 45% uh, rely on small businesses for handyman services. Haircuts, another uh, big thing. And certainly there are a lot of uh, big chains that specialize in haircuts. You know, they're you know, nationally known salons, but 44% will go to a small business for a haircut. Uh, preferences differed by generation. Gen Z respondents the most likely to frequent e-commerce shops, 59%. Uh, the local touch may do wonders for people's taste buds. 72% agree that food and drink taste better at small local restaurants or cafes than big chain establishments. I would, have, I think, agree with that. So that something interesting again, Small Business Saturday this past Saturday, and hopefully you got the chance to uh, patronize a small business this weekend, and you will continue to do so throughout the holiday season. And how about this? Uh, when it comes to celebrating the holidays, it just would not be the same without our pets. Um, 81% of pet owners say that their furry friends make this time of year better. Pet owners love their pets so much, in fact, that this survey was commissioned by MetLife Pet Insurance. Shows 39% of people with animals plan to buy them a gift for the holidays. Do you buy your your uh, pets gifts for the holidays? I have to admit, we do that, but it is more the idea of we get them a new toy so that they have something to entertain themselves while we're opening gifts on Christmas morning and uh, throughout the day on Christmas so that they aren't bothering us. <laughs> so there's a bit of a self-serving aspect to uh, buying our pets gifts. But uh, 39% of us plan to buy our pet a gift for the holidays. And on average, we will spend $50 on our pets. 41% will spend more than that, though. 74% of pet owners will buy their furry friends a new toy. 73% will buy them treats. 30% will buy clothes for their dog or cat. Please don't. I... (laughs) That is just dogs and cats walking around in those ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> That's just 
That's just weird to me. Um, but okay, if that's what you're into, whatever. 54% say they spoil their pets with more treats around the holiday. 30% will feed them table food when they don't normally. And 31% will take them out more this time of year than they do uh, throughout the rest of the year. So, kind of interesting uh, there. And it's a most wonderful time of the year, not just for us, but for our pets as well. So there we are, back at it here for this Monday morning. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, mostly cloudy today with a high of 45. It'll be mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 38. The Arlington Local School District has a lot of work ahead of it now that voters approved an income tax and bond issue for a new school earlier this month. Superintendent Kevin Hott says it's an exciting time for the school district. Yeah, certainly the building, the classroom is going to look much different than classrooms have in years past. You know, we're in this new 21st century learning phase and, and the technology is unbelievable from where we've, uh, we've come. So yeah, this is, this is going to be just, just amazing. He says the current 100-year-old building will be torn down except for the 1992 edition, which has the current gym and some classrooms. He says the school district hopes to begin the public input process on the design for the new school in April. Get more on the website. The funeral was held for a Cleveland firefighter who was killed by a hit-and-run driver while responding to a crash. The guys in this station and on this job everywhere are better because of guys like Johnny. Firefighter Johnny Tetrick was a 27-year veteran of the Cleveland Fire Department. His funeral was held at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. The suspect accused of hitting and killing him was charged with vehicular homicide and his bond set at $500,000. The Ohio State Highway Patrol is conducting an online survey to identify traffic safety concerns and obtain feedback about interactions with the agency. The Highway Patrol says the public survey is anonymous and takes only about five minutes to finish. The Highway Patrol says it's committed to providing professional law enforcement services focused on deterring crime and promoting traffic safety. We have a link to that survey on the website. A lot of people came out to watch the city of Finley's Christmas tree come aglow. That's how it sounded as Santa Claus himself did the countdown and the 33-foot-tall spruce lit up outside the Finley Municipal Building. After the tree lighting ceremony, Santa headed over to St. Andrew's Church for Santa's house in which kids got pictures with him and enjoyed cookies and hot chocolate and wagon rides. See video from the tree lighting ceremony on the website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. You may remember this was a big story last year with statistics showing retail theft in the billions of dollars, and it is no less a problem this year. In fact, 54% of small business owners say they have experienced an increase in shoplifting. And these aren't just random petty thieves either. They're getting organized and sophisticated. Neil Bradley is executive vice president and chief policy officer for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And that's because it's easier, one of the reasons, it's easier than ever to unload the stuff they steal with the advent of these online marketplaces and such, right? This has become a big business in and of itself. 
Chris, you're exactly right. And first, let me say it's just a real pleasure to be with you. Um, but yeah, that, that's exactly right. So uh, two things have happened here. Um, one is that uh, these criminal uh, gangs, and that, that's what they are, they're crime rings, they're gangs, they've figured out that they can send out people uh, to steal from stores and because most states have raised the threshold for which the people will get prosecuted for theft, and because each store is a separate incident, as long as they keep the total below whatever the threshold is, mm -hmm. no one's going to do anything to them. And then second, they figured out how to sell these things online. You know, when I was a kid growing up uh, pre-internet and people stole stuff, uh, they used to often try to go to a pawn shop and try to anonymously get rid of it, right, yeah. and make a quick buck. Well, we had laws, we updated laws, and they said that uh, pawn shops had to look at someone's ID, make sure it was the same person, the photos matched, and write down their name and their address. And if it turned out that stereo was stolen, the police knew who to go talk to. We need that same common sense on the Internet, right? No more allowing people to anonymously unload, you know, a thousand pairs of eyeglass frames that they stole from a store uh, the, the week before. And thankfully, we have actually bipartisan, it's not a word you hear very often these days, but bipartisan right. legislation in Congress that would do that exact same thing, and uh, we think that could make a real difference. So, I, again, this would really have to be done at the federal level, right? I mean, you mentioned that you know states, various states have different thresholds uh, for what they will prosecute, and we have this kind of a hodgepodge of uh, rules and, and regulations, but really, to combat this effectively, it has to be done at the federal level. Well, at the, at the U.S. Chamber, we've called for a three-part solution. First part's local, second part's at the state level, third part's at the federal level. Okay. So at the local level, we just need to make sure prosecutors are doing their job, prosecute the crime. At the state level, we need state legislators to update their laws to make sure that we're aggregating these crimes. That if you're hit in several stores, you know, in a week, roll up all those crimes together and throw the book at these folks. And we've seen states like Illinois and Florida fix their laws. And then the third level, you know, the Internet doesn't respect state borders, uh, you know, and so we need Congress, which is the only one who could really do something about cracking down on these uh, selling goods uh, online, stolen goods online. And just to reference uh, a couple of the examples that you were mentioning earlier, um, you know, again, it used to be the thieves would go after high-dollar stuff that they could pawn for a decent amount of money, and now uh, it's just about anything that they can sell online. I mean, I was going to ask, what kind of goods are we talking about that thieves are going after? But it really could be just about anything. It's really anything. You know, it's amazing. We, we've seen in some cities um, a theft of uh, laundry detergent. Hmm. I never in a million years would have thought that, you know, laundry detergent can be expensive. And right. so uh, these, these criminals figured out that they can go in and they can dump a bunch of laundry detergent uh, uh, boxes uh, into a bag, walk out of the store with it, and then, you know, undersell it online to make a quick buck. Yeah. So, and um, you know, I don't, uh, in Toledo, if it's like here, you go into a drugstore there's a lot of things that you have to go get the attendant to unlock for you before you can buy it. 
because that's what people are stealing. Yeah, uh, and, and it also underscores the fact that uh, any type of retail establishment uh, could be a target. So that is, it is not just one type of business uh, that is being targeted by this. So here's the other question that I have, uh, if you can speak to this real briefly, because we're coming up on the holiday season, and every year people will go looking online for gifts that they can't find at the store or uh, looking for a deal on something that they can't afford at the store in these same online marketplaces, how do we know if what we see advertised for sale uh, isn't stolen? We don't want to compound the problem by buying this hot stuff. Yeah, we have to be really careful as shoppers. You know, we need to look, you know, what's the name of the seller? Uh, how long have they been selling goods? You know, the longer they've been selling, uh, the less likelihood that they're uh, a, a criminal uh, gang. What, the, what these gangs like to do is they like to pop up, quickly unload the goods, and then shut down their, their retail store, their, their name. So uh, looking for things like that, looking for uh, platforms who've done a certification, you know, kind of know the seller, that mm-hmm. they've verified that that's who it is. Things like that, just to, to be a cautious shopper. Again, Neil Bradley is Executive Vice President and Chief Policy Officer for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Uh, again, you mentioned uh, some of the things that you are advocating for to help curb this growing problem of organized retail theft. Where do folks go to get more information and to support those efforts? Chris, I, I hope folks will go to uschamber.com. That's uschamber.com slash retail theft. Uh, and you can learn more about the solutions. Uh, and, you know, listen, uh, our elected officials are out talking to lots of uh, or, uh, people like us, ordinary voters. We should take the opportunity and remind them that we want them to do something about this, whether that's fix the state law or close down the loopholes on the Internet in Congress. Um, let's make sure that they, they know that this is a problem and we want them to fix it. Because just to underscore, I mean, obviously this impacts uh, not just retailers, but consumers as well. Well, that's right. You know, in our survey of small businesses, 46% of small business retailers told us that they've had to increase prices as a result of shoplifting. So these aren't victimless crimes. You and I are paying more money for the things that we buy because other people are stealing things. Yeah. And of course, it gets even worse in a lot of places as it turns violent. I'm joining you from Washington, D.C. Got a big train station a couple blocks from the Capitol. The coffee shop in that had to close because they were concerned they couldn't keep their employees safe anymore. Yeah. Again, a lot of layers to this. We'll get a link up on our webpage for more information. Neil Bradley with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce once again. Neil, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chris. Have a great day. So over the past several weeks, we've been talking about the various ways that work has changed post-pandemic. The work environment and workers, how their mindset has changed. Here's another example. Saw this on the uh, Newswire this morning. Uh, With the shaky economy, uh, stay the shaky economy, and uh, an uncertain future for many people in their uh, employment, it's got a lot of people sweating. And uh, so maybe it's not a surprise that this latest new trend is seeing people taking charge of their uh, career future. Uh, It's something they call career cushioning uh, is the uh, term. 
uh, Catherine Fisher is a career expert at LinkedIn. She says it's about taking action to keep one's options open and cushioning for whatever comes next in the economy and the job market. It's sort of like an insurance policy to set one's self up for success. Basically, people are starting the search for their next job before they are out of a job. Um, just on the idea that there is a chance that they might get displaced because of the uh, the economy. She says uh, you can career cushion by taking stock of your skills and work on uh, building any missing skills that you would need to land your next great job. You know, staying connected uh, within your network of like-minded professionals, because you never know who might be looking to hire someone just like you uh, at the time when you might need a new job. And she says, make a plan for the next steps you want to take in your career. Career cushioning, they call it. And more and more people are doing it. Um, it's one of those things, uh, employee, again, it goes back to what we've been talking about for, again, several weeks about the way the workplace has changed, the way employees have changed, uh, the expectations of consumers uh, are changing, the way uh, they decide what businesses they want to do business with. It's led to all sorts of new terminology like career cushioning or quiet quitting and, and all of that. And employers trying to adjust to these changes unlike anything we've ever seen in the workplace before. Well, here is a new term to add to your list of terms, like quiet quitting, career cushioning. How about life centricity? A new report by Accenture raises the need for a new business playbook for growth. And that's the term, uh, term that they have given it, life centricity. Uh, Naveen Alwaraki is global consumer goods lead at Accenture Song, which is the creative tech unit of Accenture. So, Naveen, what is life centricity? Hi, Chris. I think um, it's the understanding of people as their life has changed. So, in your interview, you talked about the fact that post pandemic, everything's changed. And in reality, all our customers have also changed um, whether they found a new set of uh, values that they desperately want to adopt in their lives. Um, and I think businesses therefore need to understand the fullness of customers' lives and think of them as people rather than just consumers or customers. And, and that is the starting point for building a life-centric um, uh, business that drives growth and relevance. You know, it's interesting. Um, as we were talking about the other day, this is something that was sort of a trend even before the pandemic, but like so many things, the pandemic has accentuated it and accelerated it. I'm thinking that if you were talking about this, say, five years ago, a lot of business owners and executives would have kind of rolled their eyes. But they're paying attention now. What is driving the importance of a life-centric approach? Um, I think that what's driving it, what we found from our research is that uh, people are shopping and behaving differently with brands. And therefore, uh, the, the customer we thought we knew is no longer there. Um, the change in values, like I said earlier, means they're making different purchasing you know, decisions. And, and sometimes they're conflicting in terms of what they say they want to do or how they feel about things and what they end up buying in the end. So businesses are having to genuinely think about people 
in the fullness of their life, not just as a share of wallet or just as um, how they behave within their specific industries. You're Which means that as we found in our life, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, you talk about the uh, conflicts or the paradoxical uh, type of behavior that consumers sometimes uh, display. What uh, what types can you are there some examples uh, that uh, of that behavior that are particularly flummoxing for business? Yes, I think, um, again, like I said, people will um reconsidering their own purpose and therefore are voting with their wallets in some cases. So they're um, whether they they are focused on responsibility of, of uh, the companies that are selling them the brands of the service or whether they're interested in sustainability maybe. And yet somehow the macroeconomic climate that we're all in means that sometimes what they want to be doing um, isn't necessarily affordable. So sometimes they, they describe something and end up buying something else. And likewise, sometimes in spite of um, a high cost price or whatever, they still end up buying the more expensive brand. So there is a discrepancy between sometimes what they tell us they feel and um, and how they end up purchasing in the end. Hmm. Uh, so I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, talk about how uh, then we can sort of develop this uh, life-centric strategy uh, to build on uh, business success for the future then? Of course. Um, I, I always say what we found in the in the research and 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 what we've you know was discovered talking to some of the companies that are you know well underway on that journey is that there are five plays that will make a big difference. Not all companies will adopt five plays. Some of them will adopt three of them, but there are the five plays that will genuinely drive growth into the future. The first one, as we've talked about, is about gaining this profound understanding of people and the fullness of their life. Genuinely, what matters and what drives their behavior. Um, the second thing is about broadening um, businesses' canvas for value creation. So don't just think about financial metrics. Think about what other value you can be living to your customers. And then l look outside the boundaries of the industry. So um, think if you're currently providing a product, is there a service that sits around it that provides better value for people in their life? So broaden the boundaries of what the industry currently does, because that's where innovation comes from. And then design an, um, an experience continuum. So not just sporadic uh, touch points where you deliver um, and delight people, but actually think about the whole continuum of dealing with with the with the brand or the company or the service. And then lastly, a very underrated uh, important strategy um, is building a fluid operational cost function, which often means internally you have to reorientate the culture a bit. You have to break the silos between the functions. And you need to think about how you do that uh, efficiently and at pace. Again, we've been talking about the ways in which um, businesses uh, are, are changing because of employee expectations and uh, trying to navigate this post-pandemic work culture. It strikes me that this also builds uh, on that in some respects because a, a, a company that customers want to do business with for these reasons are also uh, is the same type of workplace that employees are going to want to be a part of and are going to feel uh, invested in and as though that their their time is well spent. It's going to make it a lot easier to uh, hire and maintain good people with these same types of philosophies and strategies, would it not? I agree with you completely. I think we always say to people, think about 
your employees or the people that work in your company as an extension of the experience you're providing to your customer. In many cases, they are the face of the company, yeah. as a matter of fact, and you want to tap into this discretionary energy. So you have to think of them, um, again, in the fullness of their lives, in the same way you think about consumers. And um, you can't build this fluid operation that we're talking about without taking them with you on the journey. So they're equally important. And um, the war for talent remains. You know, good people that believe in your company and your product are not that easy to find. Again, the uh, report uh, from Accenture is called The Life Centricity Playbook, Proven Strategies for Growth Through Relevance. And uh, with us again is Naveen Elwaraki, Global Consumer Goods Lead at Accenture Song, the creative tech unit of Accenture. Where do we get uh, more information uh, about this report? Is it online where folks can kind of dig into some of the data here? Uh, yes, Chris, it's on Accenture.com. The full report is there. We will link that up on our webpage as well. Naveen, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Now, I know for a lot of folks, sometimes the big gatherings of family on Thanksgiving, the holidays, can go sideways. But if this didn't happen to you, you should count your lucky stars. In Huber Heights, uh, just outside of Dayton, 78-year-old man is accused of shooting his son on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Apparently, uh, police say it happened after some sort of argument, but it's the whole thing is a little unclear. The victim... Uh, reportedly suffered a gunshot wound to the chest. He's in the hospital. His father taken into custody at the scene. <laughs> Man, now that is... Uh, <clears throat> that's a Thanksgiving celebration that has gone sideways. Right there. That is no question about it. Um, or how about this, if that's not good enough for you? In Tulsa, Oklahoma, local police arrested a man on Saturday night after they say a family game of Monopoly turned violent. (laughs) Led to gunfire. Officers were called for shots fired uh, just before 6.30 p.m. Saturday evening. A caller identified the suspect as John Armstrong, saying he chased her and... Her father down the street firing shots at them. When police arrived, they took Mr. Armstrong into custody. Investigators learned the family had been playing Monopoly when a fight broke out between Mr. Armstrong and his stepfather. After knocking the game, uh, after knocking over the game board, ruining the game for everyone, and then turning over furniture in the home (laughs) as the argument escalated. Uh, Mr. Armstrong and the uh, stepfather were told to take it outside. And that's what they did. Uh, Where Mr. Armstrong pulled a gun and started chasing his stepfather and his stepsister down the street, uh, pointing the gun at him. He did admit to police that he fired one shot at the ground, he said. At the ground. But as they're running off, they hear the gun go off. I'm sure that they don't really know or care whether it was in the ground or not. 
Uh, officers did not find the gun. They believe Mr. Armstrong hid it before surrendering to police. He was arrested, booked into the Tulsa County Jail for assault with a deadly weapon. Police say they do believe that alcohol was involved. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Man, those are some rough Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, we'll have uh, arguments and disagreements sometimes. <laughs> Among family members at Thanksgiving, but rarely does it escalate to gunplay, so I guess we're doing okay. Uh, other crazy things going on. What about this? Uh, in Texas, uh, Parker County, Texas, uh, law enforcement officials say they have arrested a man after he reportedly crashed his semi-truck on Saturday afternoon uh, around 4.30 p.m., Officers responding to the scene found the driver completely naked and walking into traffic, allegedly jumping on top of cars before before police arrived. Uh, Troopers able to stun the uncooperative individual with a taser and take him to a hospital for evaluation. He's been identified as 35-year-old Aaron Samuel of Cucamonga, California. Don't know exactly what all was going on there, but uh, he's now being evaluated. A lot of people traveling over the Thanksgiving weekend. Did you see this story? Crazy story. The TSA shared photos on Twitter that showed a cat found inside a checked suitcase at JFK International Airport in New York City. The suitcase was destined for Atlanta and ultimately for Florida. Luckily, a TSA agent spotted the cat in an x-ray of the bag. They x-rayed the the bag before loading it on the plane and said, wait a minute, that looks like a cat inside. And sure enough, they opened the suitcase and a live cat had stowed away, apparently while its owners were packing up for their for their vacation and uh the cab unbeknownst to its owners stowed away in the uh, luggage fortunately uh the animal was removed before the uh, luggage made it to the pressurized cargo hold a tsa representative said on the bright side the cat's out of the bag but on bum and the cat is safely back home I guess the moral of that story is if you're packing for a vacation and you own a cat, be sure to check before leaving on your trip. Uh, let's see. Well, skip that one. And what about this? A crazy story. Uh, this in Las Vegas. And I we've all had this happen where somebody has cut us off or done something dumb um in traffic but man this takes that to an extreme uh u.s navy veteran was driving in las vegas when another car rear-ended him near the famous las vegas strip the uh, driver offered the man 30 dollars for the damage to his car when the guy said well that's just laughable the man then jumped into his car and sped away. Uh, well, that driver apparently picked the wrong guy to mess with. Uh, this uh, veteran 
Uh, the only name that I've got is TK. It says here, TK. Uh, TK happened to be driving a 720 horsepower modified BMW, and the chase was on. Uh, it was kind of a Fast and Furious style chase scene. TK was uh, keeping up, you know, uh, chasing after the man who had struck him uh, from behind, weaving in and out of traffic, blowing through red lights and barely missing pedestrians. Uh, TK even shrugged off the driver of the other car, sticking a gun out of his window. TK told news reporters he pointed a Glock out of his window and started yelling, back up, get away. And that's when I called 911. The dispatchers were screaming at him to stop chasing the guy, but he continued the uh, whole thing going on until the uh, driver vanished into a dirt lot when they got snared in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Uh, TK said he's... uh, He saw he had nowhere to go, so he took a hard right, jumped the curb at like 35 miles an hour, and disappeared into the darkness. Uh, Police caught up with Mr. TK and reprimanded him for chasing the driver, but they did not file any charges. They did take his dash cam video as evidence. So far, no updates about whether the driver that caused the initial accident has been caught. Man! That is uh, just crazy. Running through traffic like that. If you've ever been to Las Vegas in the uh, Las Vegas Strip, I mean, it is packed, jam-packed full of pedestrians, traffic, everything. Fortunate nobody was killed in that whole thing. And there you... A crazy story. And there you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to us a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced just halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. They call it the most wonderful time of the year, the holiday season. But you know, for many of us, it is the most nostalgic time of the year. A new survey of 2,000 U.S. adults who celebrate some sort of winter holiday. For most of us, it's Christmas, but then, you know, there's Hanukkah for our Jewish friends and uh, other winter-themed holidays. There are quite a few of them. So without uh, selecting one religious observance or one observance in particular, they asked uh, 2,000 adults who celebrate some winter holiday They found that uh, two in three would love to recreate the holiday magic of their favorite childhood memories this season. That's really the ultimate goal. We want to recapture that magic from our childhood. 72%, in fact, say that they enjoyed the holidays more when they were young than they do today. You find that to be the case? I think it's because when you're young, you don't have any of the pressure. 
And so it's easier to enjoy the holidays. 69% of those who were surveyed had holiday traditions growing up, and 43% say their longest-running holiday traditions have been going for 16 years or more. Some of the most cherished traditions include decorating the Christmas tree. Obviously, that's a big one for 43% of those in the survey. 40% cited seeing friends and family, those uh, friends and family gatherings. Uh, The uh, tradition they look most forward to. Decorating the home, 29%. Decorating, decking the halls, as it were. 26% look forward to watching classic holiday movies. (laughs) It's a Wonderful Life and the Santa Claus, Elf. You know, whether it's the the Peanuts Christmas or the Grinch, whatever it might happen to be. 26% say there's classic holiday movies they, they look forward to the most. 25% 25% say it's the food. It's the big holiday meals they look forward to. 35% say their fondest memories of the season occurred between the ages of 6 and 10 years old, uh, which makes that sort of the golden era for holiday magic. So with everyone looking to score great gifts on a modest budget this year, we are launching our 2022 Holiday Gift Guide series with tech expert Stephanie Humphrey this morning. Tech gadgets, Stephanie, always a hot category, one where it is easy to go over budget. So we're going to help folks out with that a little bit. Uh, As a perfect example, um, I know a lot of people are still working from home, uh, which was the case the past couple of years. It still continues to be a hot thing. You have some must-haves for the home office that would be great gift ideas. I do, I do, and thanks so much for having me, Chris. Yeah, a lot of people still at home. That's the new normal now. Um, so the, we've seen an increased demand for productivity tools and technologies that help make us more efficient. So whether you're shopping for someone that works remotely full-time or someone that has a hybrid schedule, it is important to look for those devices and gadgets that can help them stay organized. So I really like the Smart and Ultra Compact ScanSnap iX1300 scanner. It helps me digitize, organize, and share documents documents at just the press of a button. It has a compact size, so it's going to fit on any size desk or remote office space, and it's Wi-Fi enabled, so you'll stay organized wherever you need it. It's also a great resource for managing work or tax documents, but it comes in handy, too, as a way to digitize kids' artwork uh, for when they bring that latest manu- uh, masterpiece home from school. Now, I know in uh, recent years, uh, we've seen a trend away from things and more toward experiences, and you have a great option for someone who maybe values experiences over stuff. I do. We are definitely seeing that trend where people want a memorable experience. So whether you're buying tickets to a show or booking a vacation, picking up a gift card to somebody's favorite restaurant, these are those types of gifts that are truly going to keep on giving. And here's one you probably didn't think about, Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is a unique and meaningful gift for anyone who wants to learn a language, connect with loved ones on a deeper level, or learn some helpful helpful phrases before their next international trip. Rosetta Stone teaches you through bite-sized lessons that feature interactive activities and real-life scenarios that get you ready for conversations with real people. And it's available on Apple or Android, so you can learn anytime, anywhere. Now, obviously, when we're talking technology, uh, kids love tech stuff. 
So what is your go-to gadget for all of the youngins on your holiday shopping list? Well, when it comes to the gadgets for the kids, I'm always looking for something that's going to stimulate their brains and develop healthy habits. So Kindle Paperwhite Kids is the perfect option, and it's purpose-built for reading. That means there are no distractions from other apps, games, or videos. So when a child sits down with their Kindle, I don't know if you knew this, Chris, but when a child sits down with their Kindle, they read on average more than an hour a day. Hmm. So with a one-year subscription to Amazon Kids Plus, Kids get access to thousands of books at their fingertips, from timeless classics to the most recent popular titles. So give the gift of reading and help establish healthy reading habits no matter where you are this holiday season. Amen to that. Now, again, uh, as we mentioned, managing a budget uh, during the Christmas shopping season can be a challenge. This year, it is more important than ever you have some tips to help with that. And again, whether we're shopping for tech or whatever it is that we're shopping for. Absolutely, because budgeting and finding the best tech gifts for your family and friends, it can be a challenge, just like you said. But by planning ahead and knowing what payment options are available to you, you can avoid some of that unnecessary stress of holiday shopping. So to give myself more flexibility, I use PayPal Pay Later. It lets me spread out payments over time to better suit my budget. PayPal Pay Later has options to break purchases into four payments every two weeks or monthly payments for those larger purchases. So you just pick the option that works best for your budget and enjoy the holiday season. Tech and lifestyle expert Stephanie Humphrey with us uh, this morning with our 2022 gift guide series for the holidays. Where do we get more information, Stephanie? So to get more info about everything I talked about, you can just follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Tech Life Steph. Stephanie Humphrey, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me and you have a happy holiday. And that will finish up the podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, for many, the workplace today is much different than it was just a couple of years ago. Are even more changes in store for 2023? So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.